Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning how to find joy and keep it. Life may be tough, but God is still good. Circumstances may be bad, but God hasn't changed. And God has a purpose and a plan. And I will choose in the middle of this not to lose my joy because I'm believing God and not doubting. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. Well, here at Bold Steps, we have a growing number of Mark's messages archived online, along with a variety of resources designed to help you grow in faith. And we encourage you to go online and explore them today. You'll find us at boldstepsweekend.org. Today, we're continuing a special series of messages Mark preached called Christmas Brings Hope, And we're getting into the second part of a lesson titled, There is Joy for the Discouraged. We'll begin with a recap of last week's message. Mark is reminding us that joy is not just a gift for the Christmas season. It's a year-round gift from Jesus and the Father. So you endure the pain knowing that a baby is coming. And in the same way, what James is telling us is that when you're in the middle of a trial... You are giving birth to something in your trial. Oh, it may feel painful at the time. You may feel frustrated. You may feel like this is testing you and it's difficult. But James is telling us that your trial and your difficulty is giving birth to something important in your life. You say, well, what is it giving birth to? Well, the word is in the Greek, it's giving birth to Hupomone. You say hupo what? Hupomone, it's the word perseverance. Perseverance, and you say, well, you know, that sounds like a little bit like a white elephant gift. Ever played that? You unwrap it. Have you ever been given a gift that you're like, you have to really force yourself to act excited about it? Like, oh, this is great, this green Santa Claus tie, I'm sure I'll find somewhere to use it. Oh, well, thank you, mother-in-law, for this package of underwear. That's very nice of you. And you kind of have to force yourself to smile about the gift that you unwrap. Well, some of us feel that way about perseverance. We're like, oh, great. I'm Glad, God, you're giving me the gift of perseverance, but why do I want perseverance? Well, if you knew what perseverance does in your life, you would want it really bad. Because what the Bible tells us is that you cannot become a mature individual. You cannot change who you are. You cannot grow. You cannot become the person that God wants you to be without the gift of perseverance. Perseverance is the gift that allows you to transform into the person that God is calling you to be. So your trials, if you face your trials with joy, joy allows you to go through your trials with a sense of expectation that God is going to give you perseverance. And when you have perseverance, you have the ability to change into the person that God has called you to be. Number two. Not only 
must you hang on to your joy in the time of testing because there's a purpose to it. The second thing you need to remember to hang on to your joy, you need to keep doing what is right in the time of testing so that maturity can keep developing. Notice what it says in verse 4. It says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This word hupomone, perseverance, is not a passive kind of waiting, patient perseverance like you need in a doctor's room. It's a kind of active perseverance that you need like when you're in your 21st mile of a marathon. It's that powerful energy that comes that says you can keep doing this. It's the kind of perseverance you need when you are doing something that's hard to do. You want to give up, you're tired, but you stay in that place because you know that unless you stay in that place, you're going to lose. It's that kind of perseverance. What James tells us is the secret to our trials is that when you keep joy, because you know that God is doing something good through your trial, it gives you the gift of perseverance. And perseverance, if you stick with perseverance, perseverance gives you the gift of transformation. Once in a while, I'll run into someone that says, hey, well, I've been a believer for 20 years. And I look at them and I think, wow, I would be shocked that you've been a believer for 20 years. And some people act like just because they've been a believer a long time that that makes them more mature. But how many of you know that you, you can be a believer a long time, but not grow in your maturity or transformation? Some people have been a believer for 20 years, but they've been in kindergarten the whole time. They just keep repeating kindergarten over and over. They don't go to first grade and second grade and third grade and fourth grade. They're not in spiritual college anymore. They're just kind of repeating things over and over. Well, why? Because they have no perseverance. You see, what perseverance allows us to do, it allows us to continue to move to the next level of transformation and change. It means that when I'm going through a trial, I keep my joy and I say, I know that God is in control and I'm going to keep doing what's right, even though it's hard to do what's right. I'm going to keep doing what's right. And as I do what's right, my character is changing. I'm being molded and formed by God. God is doing something. I'm growing. It's like going to the gym. If you were on a football team or a wrestling team or you worked out, every weightlifter knows the little phrase that says, no pain, no gain. Because if you understand how your body works, you go and you look at a set of weights. And the way it works is that if you use that set of weights and you work out with something that strains your muscles enough, the next day you feel sore. How about it? How I many know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, never felt that. <laughs> You're sore. Well, why are you sore? Because your muscles have actually broken down. What strong training does is it breaks your muscles down. But it's a good thing 
Because the only way you get bigger muscles is by your muscles rebuilding themselves. And so uh, something called protein helps your muscles rebuild themselves. And when they're rebuilt, they're stronger. They're more elastic. They're able to handle more. But you had to experience pain for them to be able to grow into what they are. It's the same way in our spiritual life. You cannot grow without maintaining joy going through the pain and allowing God to change you in the midst to become the person that God has called you to be. Now hear me well, not everybody who goes through trial becomes a better person. I've run into people that have terrible lives, tons of trials, but they don't change because it's not just about going through a trial. It's about going through a trial with joy and having your confidence in God. Your faith is being tested, but your faith is not, you're not losing your faith. You're gaining your faith. You're becoming stronger. You're keeping your joy. Perseverance is allowing you to change. So James tells us that perseverance must finish its work. Every time you bail out, every time you quit doing what you know is right to do, you stop the work of perseverance. Every time you say, this is too much. I know God wants me to forgive, but I'm not going to forgive anymore. I know God wants me to be generous. I'm not going to be generous anymore. I know God wants me to really try to make peace, but I'm tired of peace. I know God wants me to have a good attitude. I'm tired of having a good attitude. I'm just going to let it all out. I'm tired of praising him. Now I just want to complain. Every time we bail out, every time we stop believing, every time we short circuit the process, then we go back to zero again and we don't gain what God wants us to gain in the process. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher in England that a prodigy preacher at the age of 17, he was preaching to crowds of 10,000 people and became known as the Prince of Preachers and God used him in some really mighty ways. But Charles Spurgeon, as he looked back on his life, he, he said, I bear willing witness that I owe more to the fire and to the hammer and to the file than to anything else in the Lord's workshop. I question whether I have ever learned anything except through the rod. What Spurgeon was saying is that most of the things he's learned in life, he learned in the hard times. What Spurgeon was saying is that he was thanking God for the hard times, thanking God for the difficulties, because it's through the difficulties, the challenges, the hardships, the things that we don't always enjoy, that we're really growing and becoming the people that God has called us to be. And so James is saying, I want you to keep a spirit of positivity and joy when you're in the middle of your trial, because you know that God has a purpose for your pain and the purpose is to give you perseverance and perseverance when it's finished, makes you mature and complete. You become more loving, more full of faith, stronger in your spiritual walk, more of a leader, more able to give if you endure with joy because God is doing a work in your life.
You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job and today's message titled, There is Joy for the Discouraged. He'll continue in a moment. If you've missed any of the previous lessons, be sure to visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Now more of the message, but first I want to remind you that if you ever have trouble joining us on the radio, you can always catch up on these messages by subscribing to our podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And if you're looking for more inspiring content, you can also subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute, where you'll hear powerful excerpts from the Bible teaching of Mark Job. This one-minute feature is a great way to get your daily dose of biblical truth, no matter how busy your schedule gets. So subscribe today and get the Bold Steps Minute downloaded automatically through your podcast app or visit boldstepsminute.org. Now, back into the second half of today's message here on Bold Steps Weekend. The third thing, as you try to hang on to your joy, ask God for wisdom to walk through your tough time without doubting his goodness. Verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea. So in the middle of your trial, your tough time, You're trying to keep your position, trying to keep your joy. God, I want to have joy in my life. But sometimes you get confused about what you should do. You feel like, God, I don't know what to do right now. This is a difficult time. I'm confused. What God says is look to the heavens and say, God, I need your wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is applied knowledge. I love the fact that God sees life from a different perspective than we see life. You may be caught in your little trial and you're crying out to God, I don't know what you're doing, God, but God's looking and God sees from a different perspective and he's telling you, hey, this trial is a gift. Go through that door and I got a lot coming your way. You're saying, God, I don't know what door to go through. This is so difficult. And you look to God and God says, look to me and I will give you wisdom. Notice what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives how? Generously. What does that mean? It means that God doesn't give you just little bits and pieces, but God loves to pour wisdom upon you. It says who gives generously without finding fault. You come to God, ask for wisdom. He's not going to say what? You again? Weren't you just here last week? Man, you're high maintenance. He doesn't beat you up. He doesn't say, well, you know what? Three weeks ago, you missed church. Six weeks ago, I think you forgot to tithe. And I saw you driving down the expressway. Man, you let out some cuss words that would make a sailor turn red. I I saw you. I'm not going to give you wisdom. It says he gives us wisdom without finding fault. Or the King James Version says without reproach. In other words, he gives it to us without saying, I don't want to give it to you. Have you ever gone to someone and asked for something And before they give it to you, they just beat you up about it. Hey, I was wondering if I could borrow your snowblower because I just don't want to have to shovel. Yeah, but remember last time you borrowed your snowblower, you left it half empty. You didn't change the oil. It didn't work good after that. It had a little nick in it. You gave it to me late last time. And I think, you know, so you better treat it well. And I don't want to really give it to you, but I guess I will because my wife says I got to be a good neighbor here. Take it, but give it back to me. 
You ever had someone give something to you like that? By the time you're done, you're like, I don't even want it. <laughs> give me a shovel. I mean, I'll do it with a spoon if I have to, rather than use your snowblower. Well, God's not like that. He says that he gives generously without finding fault. That his nature is to give to you the wisdom that you need because he loves you and loves to be generous and doesn't look for reproach in you. So when you come to God, he says he gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But he has one requirement, only one only one prerequisite that he asks of you. He says, but when you ask, all he wants, not a perfect life. He doesn't necessarily need you to reach a level of perfection. He says, all I want for you is one thing. I want you to believe and not doubt. I want you to believe what? Believe that I am good. Believe what I say about myself. I want you to have faith. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must first of all believe that he is, that he exists, and secondly, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is saying, all I expect and want from you is that you would believe me. And when you believe God, then he pours out in the middle of your trial wisdom and grace and help to get you through the trial. Because he says, this is why if you don't believe, but he says, but he, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Have you ever watched the waves of the ocean? Oh, I, I know you've seen Lake Michigan waves, but... You know, those aren't really waves, unless you've been to the ocean. Those are just little laps, but not waves. When I was going through college, I was working my way through college, and I worked at a hotel in southern France. And that town where I worked at actually became the surfing capital of Europe. And there were huge waves, 10, 15 feet high waves. Those were waves huge. But every wave is different. It's unpredictable. Not every, no wave is like the other wave. When the wind blows this way, the wave changes. When the wind blows that way, it changes. When the water tide changes, the waves change. It's unpredictable. It's up and down. It can't be depended. You don't know which way it's going to come, how it's flowing. And this is what God says. If you doubt and don't believe, you're like the wave of the sea. You're unpredictable. One day you're at the top of the world loving God and he's faithful. The other time you're doubting God, not even knowing if he's existing, not knowing if you can follow him. Your life's going to be like a roller coaster. You're inconsistent, unpredictable, because what God is saying is I want you to believe and not doubt. Believe that I'm good. Believe that you can trust my word. Believe that I'm faithful. Believe I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all I want you to do is believe me and believe my word. He should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and unstable in all that he does. So as I close together this morning, 
I want to remind you of the words of Jesus. In John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Listen, look up at me today. I know some of you are going through a rough time. I know some of you are here without your spouse because they don't want to be with you. I know some of you have just been through a nasty, bitter, ugly divorce. I know some of you are having financial pro problems. Maybe some of you are struggling against depression or discouragement. But I want you to know this. If you have lost your joy because of the roller coaster that you are on, then you've lost your energy. And if you've lost your energy, because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength or our energy. If you've lost your energy, you've lost the power to accomplish the purposes that God has called you to. And if you've lost the purposes that God has called you to, then you are living a life functioning outside of his will. When joy is gone, discouragement fills the vacuum. And when you're discouraged, you don't accomplish the things that God has called you to do. And so you start living beneath the will of God, not in the will of God, but beneath the will of God. And so my challenge to you, I believe that you have the power to keep your joy in the middle of your test. And my challenge to you is to find your joy again. And to put your, your, your spiritual arms around that joy and to say, this time, I'm not going to lose it. You can shake as hard as you want life, but this time I'm not going to lose it because I'm going to start choosing the attitude of joy because I know God has a purpose in this pain. I'm going to start persevering in the middle of this, keeping my position in the middle of this and I'm going to start asking God for wisdom in the middle of this. But no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to keep the joy of God because the Spirit of God brings joy. I want to be full of His Spirit and full of joy. I need energy to accomplish the purposes that God has called me to. And life may be tough, but God is still good. Circumstances may be bad, but God hasn't changed. And God has a purpose and a plan. And I will choose in the middle of this not to lose my joy because I'm believing God and not doubting. Amen? Yes, amen. Mark, thank you for that powerful message today. Such a great series for this Christmas season. Now, next weekend, we'll move from finding joy for the discouraged to finding that there is hope for the disappointed. But tell us more about what we can look forward to next time. Yeah, disappointment is a big theme, especially at this time of the year where our expectations are high. Sky high, aren't They're they? sky high. We're going to get together and have fun and joy and laughter and eating together, and it's not always turning out that way. There's a lot of disappointed people around our nation right now that are struggling with this season. And so uh, this message is going to, I think, encourage some of you that there is hope in the disappointed. And we jump into a passage of scripture that's one of my favorite passages of scripture around the Christmas season, and that's Isaiah chapter nine. All right, thank you, Mark. We look forward to that next weekend. 
Well, Christmas is such a special time for us. And if you're feeling challenged by what Mark said today, or if God is working in your life right now and you'd like to know him better, please reach out and let us know. We'd love to pray with you and then be able to guide you in some fantastic resources like our current Bold Step gift, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. You can connect with us online at boldstepsweekend.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. We have a growing community of believers who would love to engage and interact with you today. Just log on to your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio. These resources and Bible teaching broadcasts are all made possible because of our partnership with listeners like you, who through your financial gifts allow us to offer Mark's teaching across the radio, the internet, and on our social media platforms. And today we're looking for more people to partner with us. You can give a one-time donation by calling 866-535-5580. Again, that's 866-535-5580. Or you can commit to giving monthly online as a Bold Partner. And we've made it easy and simple to sign up. Just visit boldstepsweekend.org. And then when you give a gift of any amount today to support this ministry, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of our Bold Step gift. You know, as Christians, we've been given the incredible invitation to get to know the creator of the universe. So how do we accept this life-changing offer and make sure we don't get caught up in simply going through the motions? Well, Pastor Louis Giglio has prepared a wonderful little guide that will walk you through a 66-day journey to draw closer to Jesus. It's called At the Table with Jesus, and it's available only this month. So don't wait. Make your donation and request this Bold Step gift at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next weekend when Mark reminds us that even through the disappointments, there is hope in the name of Jesus. That's next time on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Joe. Old Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.